Hello, everyone. This is Marshall from The Usual Podcast. Uh, before we get into the second annual Pucked Cantina recording, I have a couple things I want to run through just really quick. Also, as you could probably hear, Comic-Con took its toll on me and I have a cold. So if I sound stuffy right now, hopefully by the next time we record, I will not. The audio, as always, is uh, interesting. It's not too bad until we start talking about Game of Thrones and uh, somebody who brought the recording equipment, um, this guy, accidentally didn't check the how much space he had left so i lost it so i had to grab it from thankfully redna was periscoping the event and so we do have the audio but you'll notice it's it changes somewhat significantly towards the end but uh, i'm just glad i have it all um so i fixed it so there's some if you're listening to this podcast for the first time if you heard about us at san diego comic-con i would suggest taking a look a listen to episode 100 uh, we do a recap of how we got the show started and all of that so it's a good place to start and thanks for listening also um, our next recording hopefully we'll get one more recording out before uh, i leave on one last vacation before i go back to work um, but if not we will be back uh, on our regular schedule and including my streaming on twitch on friday nights uh, for wog as well so we'll come back uh, will and i will come back uh, right before we go back to work um, hopefully in the next week and talk about our San Diego Comic-Con recap, the interviews we did, and the things we saw. Um, I didn't cut a whole lot out of this show. And please keep in mind, it is explicit. I didn't cut any of the cuss words out. Um, we weren't too bad, but, you know, it is what it is. We were all drinking. Um, but what I did cut out, if you're interested in listening to that, if you become a patron of the show, uh, basically all you need is a dollar to an episode, and that is patreon.com slash the usual podcast. And uh, you get an access to our Dropbox with booper reels and our trailer time, extra stuff. So um, I won't take up any more of your time. Uh, thanks to Mission Brewing Company for hosting the event. Hope you enjoy it. Sorry for the audio issues. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Enjoy. The Death Star. That piece operational. Dr. Ben. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to the second annual Pucked Cantina in San Diego during Comic-Con. I'm your host, Marshall, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Will. And with me is all these people you're going to hear in a second. Everybody say something. <laughs> Thanks for skipping over my time to shine. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's fine, dude. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> anyway, so we are here in San Diego at Mission Brewing Company uh, having beers with some of our favorite people in the world. Uh, thank you to everybody who came out. Thank you to every single one of you who support the show. We have, uh, shoot. What do we have? We have a swag table this year. Uh, we're in this <laughs> oh, swag table. Uh, we we have socks from my wife's shop, Pippi's Long Stockings, and we have just some of the best people in the world. So what we're going to do is we're going to go around the table, then we're going to talk some SWOTOR, we're going to talk San Diego Comic-Con, and we're just we're just going to talk. And hopefully hopefully it doesn't last forever because Will's going to say something. He's already talking to me. First, let's say thank you to Donna from the Mission Brewery to uh, helping us set this up. Yeah. And for the Mission Brewery for hosting it for the second straight year. Yes, thank you. And, it, and this honestly is an awesome venue. Uh, they have great beers, and we have our own little spot this year. We don't have a, a crazy thing happening. There was like speed dating last year and some crazy <laughs> shit like that. So this year we don't have to deal with that, which is really cool. Uh, so what we're going to do is I'm going to pass the mic to my right. Will's going to pass the mic to his left, and we're going to kind of trade off uh, and say who you are, where you are on Twitter. If you do a thing on the Internet, say the thing, and and hopefully this doesn't last long. Redna, you only have uh, uh, 30 seconds. Hey, everybody. This is Swotor Steve. It's at Swotor underscore Steve. And this is my second year of the cantina, and definitely enjoying the imbibing and having a great time. Hello, this is Just Devin. Just Devin at Twitter. Yeah, I made it this year. I didn't flake out this year. Um, just enjoying being out here with everybody for the first time. Pretty sure he's the prettiest man here. He's beautiful, isn't he? Wow. He makes me look second rate because I'm the second prettiest. <laughs> this is Jesse from Passionately Casual Podcast at Unholy Lines on Twitter, and um, yeah, that's about all I do. I do other things. <laughs> Am I going? 
Oh, hi, I'm Rayford, and thank you for joining me for a podcast. Um, so I am at Rayford Gaming on Twitter and also on the YouTubes, and uh, my second year here. Super excited. It's going to be great. I was late last year, but I'm drinking and here on time, so I think things are going well so far. Not that, you were here early to help me set up. Because you're like, you're... Hey, it's like I made up for and it. You I'm the, the best. <laughs> and you bought beers. Next. Hey, this is Heather, um, Heather underscore PLS on Twitter, uh, the, on the very active prettylilzith.com, not, and, um, <laughs> and Carillion Run Radio alumni. I'm so happy to be here. This is my second year at Pucked, with, uh, along with everyone, uh, mostly everyone else. Hi, this is Elise. I'm at a, at a Brown 35. I'm with the Balance Force podcast, Verification Code Required podcast, and also a secret, soon-to-be-announced project. Are we announcing it today? Really? Are we announcing it today right now? Announce it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Announcement. Announcement. Myself and Redna and Sakari and Magic Ace are going to be getting together a um, Swotor uh, talk show called The Council. Awesome. It's going to be on Twitch. Correct? Yes. Hopefully. It's a vidcast. Vidcast. That's it. Happy to be here. First time. Awesome. The Council. And, and I want to add something to what Elise said because Elise is awesome. Uh, she has always picked up my slack on WOG. She helped me... Uh, uh, keep that group together. We have that. The Elise, I'm so glad that you were here this year. I know you brought your family. Uh, it was amazing to meet you in real life because meeting people in real life is like a really cool thing. It is. <laughs> but also at the same time, I want to thank you for all of what was it? Been two years. Yeah. Of, of supporting my drunken shenanigans on Rog, <laughs> and also just like. When I couldn't be there, you're like, I got you, bro. Yeah. And you always have my back. Thank so you. thank you. Thank you for that. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, she does that for Whip as well. I do. I, I would like to say that, you know, under Elise's uh, leadership, there's never been a hashtag lava bath. All right. That That's is important. true. Hey, we got one more person yeah. here, right one here. Yeah, one more introduction. Right. We have one more. Pass over to Brenda. I can't see the screen, so am I pointing at myself? You're good. Uh, and I am Retina from It's a Trap Podcast, coming to you soon. <laughs> Otherwise, Twitch slash R3DN4, Twitter R3DN4, Google R3DN4, and you'll find me somewhere. Hey, wait, you're still forgetting about me. Actus the Almighty from Tor Wars. Also, I'd like to thank Marshall and Will for having me again because my last appearance was your highest downloaded podcast ever. So, thank you for having me again. I feel, I, I feel like what you're doing now is saying that because you were on it, that was what was happening. And I feel like that's, it's also wildly inaccurate. But it's fine. It's fine. I love no, it. It's real stats. Hey, okay? I'm messing it's with like you, dude. It's real stats. All right? Not none of those iTunes hey, fake stats. It's I'll tell you what. Stats. I am glad that you are here again, my friend. We had beers the other night. We actually danced. One of the things about this I like is uh, San Diego Comic Con we get together and we do things that we're not just sitting behind computers and doing a thing right we're out in the world we're having beers and uh, I went dancing with Tip and Steve the other night uh, by the time I got a dance floor you guys were gone but that's okay uh, but yeah 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 it was fine uh, but it's I am you can't tell from my voice but I'm absolutely exhausted but I'm still maintaining and this is Comic Con and I love it so, what I'm going to do right now, here we're going to do, everybody introduce themselves, correct? Yes. Okay. So, we had some news break. You said it was yesterday? Yeah. Shit. I missed the day. The 21st. That was yesterday. Um, we had some news drop, uh, a little mini precursor to the roadmap for SWOTOR 5.4. And I don't know how up to date you people are, but this is pretty entertaining. So, we got the crisis of... Crisis on Umbara. Okay, the story will continue with a new flashpoint coming on the planet Umbara. The planet will launch with all three difficulties: story, veteran, and master. And they're going to try something. What does it say? Uh, may do something similar for all master and flashpoints. Some 
Specifically, a player will need an average gear rating of 242 to use the group finder. And they won't prevent pre-made groups from going in directly, but this will prevent undergeared players from slowing down your group. We're adding a new average rating identifier to your character window, which will be based on uh, the items you have equipped. That They've never done anything like that. So raise your hand if you want to say something about it, but I think this is kind of cool. I don't have anything off the cuff except that, I mean, this will help with pugs, obviously, right? No more hashtag dead weight. Well, it, there's no mention of bolsters, so I don't know. What do you guys think? Anyone want to talk? Whoa. In theory, in theory, it sounds really cool. Like, you're weeding out everyone that's not at the same speed as you if you're on the master level. But I feel like, mate, what if, what if there's just not enough people for that? I mean, we still have a hard time doing ranked PvP. How are we going to find ranked PvE people? Or not ranked PvE, but, like, high-level PvE people to do that so I mean it sounds cool I like it but I feel like it, we might have a hard time filling those spots but just because you get carried to gear it doesn't mean you know how to play your class and that's the problem is you can have a sore healer but have no idea how to play it and then all of a sudden you're in this thing and you're sucking ass because you don't know how to play your class point blank I mean no I'm with you there's no judge on skill on a character I mean they need to do something like wow with battlegrounds where you have to hit a certain rank in their battlegrounds PVE quote unquote scenario before you can uh, queue for it for whatever spec you're playing so if you want to be a healer you gotta hit X amount of percentage on their proving ground before it'll let you queue go ahead because I always sit and think about things and try and figure out what the worst case scenario closer, is. A little closer, a little closer. Because I always sit and try and figure out what the worst case scenario is. What you're telling me is that as long as you've done dailies long enough to get better gear, you're going to be matched up with people that might have earned that gear. Yeah. Okay. I mean, all this is saying, honestly, and I literally just saw this today. Um, specifically, a player will need to have an average gear rating of 242 to use the group finder for this flash. Oh, to even get into it. Yeah. So, but that's 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 what I'm that's what I'm bringing up is the fact that okay, so to even queue, so if you haven't been grinding since this came out, then you're not even going to have right. access. So, for example, Wog could go in and do it. We could break up and do it. But if you're going to, I don't think I'm average two forty two. Well, neither am I. But what my <laughs> my point is is in order to just randomly queue for this particular flashpoint, you must have that gear rating, and so you're tagged oh, now. But this is for the looking for groups, so you could mode. still go in with okay. Right, but right, you could right. still go in with a group of four pre-made and, yeah. and do fine. Okay, yeah. Actually, that's probably better. But that's we, interesting, though, because you're right. It is for Master Mode, at least. And, and I, think that's, I think that's the big difference. I mean, I'm, I'm not doing Master Mode anything. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much just to weed out the, the dead weight and pugs. <laughs> or you get a group that'll carry you. Yeah, yeah hashtag, 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 hashtag blame Master will. Mode is the same as hard mode used to be. Was it? What was your question? Master is hard Nightmare. Master's Nightmare, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So that aside, because none of us really run on that anyway, uh, the, um, there's going to be an Umbara Stronghold, okay? And this is the most unique stronghold yet, because I think this is so badass. Uh, you will be able to decorate your own moving train. What does that even mean? You'll need to complete the Flashpoint a few times to gain access to the stronghold, Look for more details about the stronghold in upcoming posts. What does a moving, what a moving train, train a even mean? Like, what, what? It's a moving train. So like you're going to have compartments like instead of monorail rooms. Sh- like That's monorail subway things that they have on Corellia? Like, what? It's, I don't... It's Disney and Swotor. <laughs> <laughs> See, me, I saw it as a stronghold with a, like, train in it. And I'm thinking, am I the only one who wants to set it up like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? <laughs> So, so basically what they're saying is you start in the caboose and as many as credits as you have, you can go up to the engine eventually if you have 100 million credits to invest into it. Although the, the, the last one, the Manonshrog hold, I completely unlocked it for under 10 million. Oh, just 10 million? Well, I, 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 have, I have a lot of credits. But no, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. I, I like the idea of them kind of varying the strongholds. I like the... Um, I like the Manon Stronghold. I haven't decorated that much, and uh, but 
I don't know. The moving train is kind of cool. I mean, I hope I, hope I can look out the window and like see things going by. Well, you know? so, so realistically, the moving train is simply a stronghold that has a moving back. Probably. Essentially. Well, I would assume. I'm hoping I could jump out on the top. What was that movie where they were on a train? For the show, the stronghold of a train is the same thing as a stronghold that just has a moving background. You know what? I just really like the fact that they're um, thinking out of the box and they're trying to give us something different and totally different that we haven't had before. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that, that they're putting real thought into it now. Devin, thank you for that. Because honestly, uh, and I never said at the top of the show, but this is the usual podcast. We're hosting this thing. And we're trying to be as positive as possible. And yes, thank you. Because they're trying to think outside the box. I think that's super, I think that's super important. Any I'm other posi- thoughts on... I'm positive I hate you. Okay, well... <laughs> It wouldn't be a podcast without that. That's for me. No, it's okay. He doesn't like. I think he's racist. No, I like Devin. No, he's not. So it's just me. Okay, it's just me. I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, Yeah, I'm. I'm just too short. I'm sorry. Look, I wanted to be taller. Okay, I really did. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. What is it? I wish I had a rabbit and a hat with a bat. I don't even know what that means. What does that even mean? Okay, so anyway, uh, anything else on the stronghold? New stronghold? Anything else? Uh, so we got Cabana Customization. Uh, what else do we have? Quality of Life stuff. Has anybody else looked into this stuff? Am I just... Oh, you am can I... use Theron and Lana and whoever else is here now. Okay, so it says, Sinia, um, Sinia can now have her weapons and armor customized. Also, Lana Cox, Sinia's hairstyles are available for purchase How to customize your characters. Like, that's cool. Because you're a freak? Well, I heard there was some issues with Lana. Uh, like, she went back to old Lana. Yeah, which is, which is sad for her because she really, she really worked on herself. And then, and then she had some problems, which was very sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she went to the gym a lot. It was cool. It was fun. Well, um, she she went to the the face cutters on uh, on was a coruscant. <laughs> um, quality of life. So uh, companions can now be summoned while moving. Awesome. That's nice. That's actually nicer than all of us think. Wait, we can't. <laughs> Don't get him started. That's he brings, not, that's not he until brings, Mako comes back. If Homeboy brings up Mako right now, it's uh, fine. No, fine. Not the not ma- Alright, so we're Mountain Companions. Where the fuck is Mako? <laughs> Musco? Fucking Charles Boyd? Where the, where, where the fuck is Mako? Okay, I'm gonna tweet this. Eric Musco. I know you. Alright. You were on, uh. What was Musco's old podcast that he was on? He was on, he was on, um. Tor, no, no, before that. Torocast. Torocast, must go. You remember Torocast. You remember Mako. All right. Where That's the fuck is Mako? Uh, That's what I'm saying. Hashtag, where's Mako? You're not getting a dollar from me until Mako comes back. Motherfucker. Let's move on. Moving on. Wait, wait, wait. Before we move on, I do think that Jesse was right. Mounting companions should be a thing in the game. That's it. <laughs> just, just, just ride him around. Right? You love this. I see your face. You love this so much. Mounting does not equal consent. I love it. I love it. I love it. You love the chaos, Jesse, and that's what I love about you. Okay? Um, Wait, wait, wait. No, hang on. If I may. So, the the mounting companions thing, I guess this raises the important question of would it be like a piggyback ride or would the companion get on all fours like a horse? I'm just curious. Or a Molly by Quinn? I'm sorry. Honestly, I. I think a piggyback ride would be hilarious. I think it would be amazing. Who wouldn't want a piggyback ride? At Mission Brewery. Okay. Um, Hashtag sketch piggyback ride. Companion does not equal consent. Okay. All right. That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay. So as far as the rest of this goes, class balance, um, that's happening. We don't cover that on this show for the most part. And season eight will be coming to an end uh, for PvP. And then we're making changes to daily and weekly missions, uh, rewards for PvP. And they get the, they get the mark in. So the one thing that he's saying is, wait, what are you salty about? I want that mark in, but I'm not good enough at PvP to have earned the mark in, but I do want it. I'm sorry about that. Oh, it just says it's going to be coming to an end, and they'll post the full breakdown rewards with screenshots in the coming weeks. The rewards for PvP is money. <laughs> yeah. No, I 
I thought you were supposed to get there's an amount, I thought. I don't know. And there's class balance. I think that's it. Class balance. So the last thing here from Keith, and um, all of you guys will appreciate this because a lot of you have been in the community for so long. He says, keep in mind, our goal for this year was to put us on track of providing new and challenging multiplayer content while addressing all the gameplay systems in SWOTOR. It does mean spreading content out over the year, but still believing having access to content sooner is more desirable than having to wait a year until um, uh, to get it all at once. So uh, so I guess real quick before we just kind of wrap up SWOTOR, because it's kind of what we do is we move to the next thing. Uh, what do you guys think about Keith um, and Musco and the community team and just uh, communication changes and, and that kind of thing. I think personally, I mean, you've, if you've listened to our show, obviously I think it's a positive change, but you know, if you have something to say, let's do it. First off, I'll say the influers edition has been awesome. There are a lot of Yeah. Well, no, Brian are still cool. They just do it with a little more influence. So I have, yeah, Gusto. Yeah, oh, Trees of Tacos for the win. So I really enjoy the multiple avenues because I listen to pretty much every podcast that's out there. But the one thing I'll add is that Keith's enhancement to including everybody from the, you know, the media verse has been a welcome change for the silence and the we won't tell you where we're going until it's the last minute change. Yeah, that's been awesome. So, yeah. I agree. So that, that's been the one enhancement that I really enjoyed. And if they continue to tell us what they're coming every three months, then we'll be on the right track. Totally. Totally. Anybody else? Communication? Um, uh, community I, team? I would have to say, comparatively speaking, I think that the SWOTOR team's community team is on point, especially amongst the Bioware, various Bioware universe. So... Totes. More frequent communication is pure win, unquestionably. And as long as they continue to live up to more frequent actual playable content, rather than, you know, a game that's designed to be played with one button, I think was what we'd heard before this new strategy. Something like like that. uh, I've got a pause button on my VCR at home that can be played with one button. But, uh... Yeah, this is much, much, wait, much better. Wait, Hugely you improved. A, you have a VCR? Yeah, okay. What I don't even have a DVD that? player. <laughs> so uh, I cut someone off a second I don't even, ago. I don't even have hard uh, media on my computer, but listen, we all have, get, get the idea. My Roku. On my Roku at home, there is a pause button. <laughs> I cut Ray off a second ago, and I'm going to give him the mic in a sec, but... Thanks, every, sing, every single person who is here, um, anybody that you guys are ruining my equipment. I'm just kidding. Um, but anybody who is here, everybody that's here that is playing Swotor, um, I have game codes for you. So before I forget, please DM me on Twitter um, or give me your info. I mean, I, I know everybody's here anyway, but um, Where's I have I have 450 cartel coins and 30 day sub codes from Eric Musco because we're talking about the community team. So I just wanted to say he uh, hooked up a bunch of codes for this cantina. Um, I was trying to get physical swag, but that didn't work. Yeah, no, can, can Keith I get is one great. Of those Thirty day codes because I unsubbed like a year ago. Yes, <laughs> it's yours. Go ahead. Um, so I just want to get back to community really quick. Um, so I play a lot of Paragon. What's up, Agnes? Uh, I play a lot of Paragon, and um, for those that for those that are in like that know about Paragon, uh, there's a big change coming in August, like August eighth, and uh, the Paragon community team have been very quiet about what they're doing as far as that change goes. But uh, a lot of details got leaked, and rather than like try and like shut it down or ask like the Reddit mods where a lot of it was getting posted um, to like delete the posts or whatever, they leaned into it. They said, you know what? Yeah, this is stuff that we're doing. Well, we weren't ready to announce it, but we're leaning into it. You know, yeah, this is stuff that we're talking about. We're excited about it, and I've seen some of that Sotor stuff kind of come out as well um, with their community team. And uh, uh, having a positive community management team like is is such a major factor and something that people don't really appreciate until it's gone. <laughs> it's like. Um, 
it's like not having a car in a big city. You know, you don't really notice it until you don't have access to it anymore. Um, and I think that SOTOR and BioWare's management team with SOTOR has been fantastic as of late. Yeah, and I, I was talking to um, one of you guys over the last couple of days. I don't know. I've talked to so many of you. But um, one of my – I mean, I've met Eric Musco enough times to know his heart is in it and that he's really trying with everything that he can do. The problem is is he's limited with what he can do. And so there's this whole there's, – there, yeah, there's this issue where it's like I really want to tell you all this cool stuff but I can only tell you X, Y, and Z right now. And all that might change anyway. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I think it's the community team. And, the, and that's one of the reasons I've stuck around this community for so long anyway. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> I think that I think the community team are going, doing a good job. I think there has been a lot of improvement with what the team's been doing. I think the leadership change is good. I think that um, the influencer program is definitely a step in the right direction. It's more in line with what the other properties at BioWare are doing. Uh, I don't think it's everything, but I think that listening to the community and allowing the community to advocate for the game and help make changes in the game is a really positive thing. Jess, while you have a mic, and I know I don't have a mic, um, a lot of us here are, are influencers, right? Uh, well, a, a chunk of us are influencers. How do you, you, you feel like the, the program is, how do you feel about the program? Like uh, just in general? I mean, I, th I think it's good. It gives us an opportunity. Um, I'm, I'm in the influencer program and it gives me an opportunity to have a more direct link to the developers. I mean, that doesn't mean that they listen to anything that I say. Actually, they do. Jess, they listen. respond to your emails. They, they don't do. respond to mine. They, re so they, re they I found Chuck them to be very responsive yeah. and, um, and I think it's good that they're asking us questions. I hope that they'll continue to develop it, and and they are. They're bringing in more people and more influencers all the time. So I think it's positive. I, I enjoy I being a part of it. Cool. Um, who, who's still on the community so team? Tiffany won uh, our last raffle, and I'll draw another one in a second. So when she comes back, because oh, she's, she's not here, I'm like, of course, she's getting it's fine. It's fine. All right, so let's switch gears, dude. Um, I would love. That guy down there is Steve's wife. That pretty lady right there. Miss, can you please go to the swag table and pick something out that's not that box set on the right, on left hand side? As long as it's not the box set, you can get some. Not the box set. Not the box set, please, on the left. Anyway, okay. Okay. Left, to the left. So let's switch gears before we kind of get out of here and, and do what we're doing. What do you? I don't know. We're doing stuff. Let's talk about uh, Game of Thrones. Let's talk about Star Wars first because that's next. Star Wars. Um, are there? Is there any news? Will I'm missing uh, that we need to announce uh, out of D23 that we didn't talk about last week that came out in the last week? We actually we we actually were on a panel um, recently. And not on a panel. We went to a panel. A and, um, and, and we went to the publishing panel with, uh, uh, Jesse. Uh, were you there? No, you weren't there. Uh, the three of us went and it was, it was amazing. We got to kind of see what is happening, um, in Star Wars canon as far as novels, um, comic books, graphic novels, all that kind of stuff. It was a really freaking cool panel. And, um, the one thing I want to throw out there because you and I are on the same page with this is there's going to be a Thrawn comic book coming out very soon. So there's that. Yes, there, there is a Thrawn comic book, but it's an adaptation of the book. And that's fine. I haven't finished yeah, the book. Yeah, it's not new content. It's the just an adaptation of the book. Actually, I, can I say something on that? Nope. Nope. You can't say anything. Nope. So actually, that really encourages me that they're taking novels and doing other medium interpretations of the same material because one of the, my major frustrations is each of the movies has been redone in a novel, has been redone in a comic book, has been redone, 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 which only seems to solidify the fact that the com or that the movies are more important versus the canon. So if we're taking canon novels and reinterpreting those in different media, then that's actually awesome. And hopefully one day we can even take a novel and translate that into a movie or something else, which is what we were always looking for from the EU in the first place. Uh, Kenobi or even the original Thrawn trilogy. Or, I mean, there was so much stuff. So, so this is a good sign. We're seeing that they're starting to treat 
well-accepted versions of their storytelling outside of the movie theater as valuable or at least nearing the value of what they're doing in the cinema as well. Yeah, one of the main reasons why Red is so passionate about that is because his podcast is It's a Trap, and it's all about canon. So if you get a chance to listen to his older episodes, hopefully more stuff's going to be coming out because it is great. Um, I was also at the panel with the with the books. I, I basically remember um, three major things coming out of it, and I'm going to talk about the porgs that somebody asked about. Um, that's in a new kids book that's coming out based around Chewbacca, and it's really? Chewy on a on a on a little adventure with these little bird like creatures called the porgs. They are very cute, and you could totally see them coming out in Sumtums or in little plushies or a, a, absolutely a Funko Pop. I see that, oh, or door, but I totally see that in the future. And actually, I happen to have an old friend that is working in uh, production at Funko, and she actually worked on the new uh, uh, Lord of the Rings line, which is coming out this fall. Oh, awesome. Which is very cool. If you haven't seen any of the mock ups of that, it is very cool. The other stuff from the panel is they started talking about the Journey to the Last Jedi, which is very similar to what they did two years ago, Journey to the Force Awakens. Um, and there's a whole collection of stuff coming out with that, and so you could check that out on Lucasfilm. Or StarWars.com. Also, they're making a big presence into um, uh, a lot more young adult and middle age books, which is very cool. We talked about the Chewbacca with the Porgs, but they also have the uh, um, Jedi Academy. The Jedi Academy, which is like, you know, it it looks really cool. They had the author there. It's really good. Well, that's the other thing. The other thing is they have Star Wars Adventures, which is a new comic line, um, but it's being done through. Um, IDW, who actually Disney works with a lot with doing their Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck uh, Scrooge comics. Um, but I think this is very interesting because they made a very big point a couple of years ago of putting all Star Wars off of Dark Horse and putting it on the Marvel imprint. And the fact that they're going back to IDW for a Star Wars title, I don't know what that means about the Marvel imprint or what... Yeah, so I think that's very interesting. I think it just might... Exactly. It is. So it that, is. That, that particular line was aimed specifically. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It was. Age, yeah. It was age appropriate for everybody. But they basically said a five-year-old could read it and still get the storylines. And you don't get that from the Marvel stuff. I think they're trying to keep the Marvel at preteen and above. I'm guessing. Um, but I just thought that was interesting that they're actually bringing up the IDW line, which is right now strictly used for the Disney titles. Green rabbits. So that's that's what I found most interesting about the about uh, that panel. I don't know that I have anything in particular to add other than I think it's really an exciting time to be a Star Wars reader of any age. I I agree with what Red said, which is that it's showing a new respect to the literature of Star Wars that, um, you know, while the deep cut Star Wars fans have always been into the books, right, ever since the what are now considered legends, um, a lot of the mainstream Star Wars fans might not have been or might not have even been aware that those novels existed. In fact, many people who love the movies never even knew there were books. But I think that they're making a concerted effort now to push those forward into the public for all age groups, and I think that's nothing but good news for those of us who love Star Wars books. Claudia Gray! Oh, that was, you, you, that was I have some serious fangirl moment. I love Claudia Gray. Her, Say it yeah. Up. Say it up. Tell us the story. It's not really a good story. No, it's not really. There's, yes, it's not. Yeah, it's not really a story. I just got to talk to her, and I got to tell her how much her books mean to me, particularly Bloodline, also Lost Stars. Um, and um, she had a whole conversation with me, didn't she? And she signed my book, and it was just really amazing. And it just, it was so nice to be able to tell her in person how much her books touched me. That's all. Lost Stars sequel. Um, I asked her about one of her characters from Bloodline, if we would ever see a return from them. She was very, very Lucas noncommittal about it. Grayson, I'd really like to see a return of. The only other thing I can mention about Star Wars that came out of that panel, which actually doesn't have anything to do with the books, is um, the fact that considering how strict they are with NDAs and releasing information, uh, Ron Howard is actually active on Twitter and Instagram releasing pictures from uh, the Han Solo movie. Really? And Are both of those jokes though like not actual no they're actual photos yeah the last one he posted uh, yesterday or the day before was a picture of he said guess whose closet i'm at and it was a cart it was a cart of lando's capes and so you know he's you know i think that's one of the things that's kind of i mean he's doing reshoots but he's not 
coming in and having to do everything from scratch. So I'm sure it gives him a little free time that he can do stuff like this and reach out because he's always been a really good director at reaching out to fans. So I'm excited. That's one reason I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Ron Howard fan. He's good at the art of spoiling without actually spoiling. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. Opie Taylor. <laughs> so it was about this time last year we were speculating that uh, when uh, they were teasing Thrawn in actual canon, now Thrawn's been in Rebels, and Thrawn has his book by Timothy Dazan, who created Thrawn. What's your guys' thoughts on Thrawn? We all love Thrawn, don't we? I mean, I mean, bottom line for me is I love him. I, 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 got, I got through half the book, and I got sidetracked and forgot I was reading it because I do audiobooks. Seriously, I, I just wasn't listening to audiobooks for a while. And so I'm gonna, my plan on the return trip, cause I have a big layover, is to actually, cause I listen to books at two times speed anyway. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna bust through that on the way home and I, and I'm excited about it. But I love Thrawn. You picked up a badass piece of merch, right, Jess? Um, a, a Comic Con exclusive Thrawn. I did. Yeah, I, I got the, the Hasbro, uh, Thrawn figure, the Black Series that comes in the amazing exclusive case with all of, like, the Islamari and all of the other little tchotchkes and stuff. What I love is that the Islamari were there. Islamari. It not starts in, with a vowel. Don't even start with did me. Did they show up in the book this time? <laughs> start with not me. I think so. What was the question? Legends. It's legends, right? The Islamari are legends. So that's a legends yeah. box. Right. Is what right. It is. Yeah. So. That I think that things are getting pretty exciting for Thrawn, That's for cool. Thrawn fans. That's good. But Thrawn was my first Star Wars. Thrawn was my first Star Wars EU book. Actually, and, yeah. and with Timothy Zahn rewriting Thrawn in the new canon, he lived up to what Thrawn was. It wasn't the same Thrawn, but it was on the same level as the original Thrawn. They're also, though, bringing in the game, too, because they're releasing a Battlefront 2 book as well, which I, my oldest son, lovely, bought for his mother while we were at there. But, um, yeah, and they, the author was signing today. Um, so they are trying to bring in. So there is some hope. I know there's some people who are salty about the fact that KOTOR is no longer canon. But if they're bringing in Battlefront 2's new storyline in a book then there's some hope that maybe down the line, KOTOR may come back in. Well, you look at Battlefront 2, you know, Chris uh, Golden's writing the book, but also the entire story of Battlefront 2 is going to take place over the 30 years between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, and it's all canonical. So you're going to be able to find out what happened between the Battle of Endor and the beginning of The Force Awakens within playing the game. And Christy Golden's a hell of a writer. Yeah, Christy Golden's actually amazeballs. I think she's one of the best new authors added to the Star Wars writing universe before or after the Legends line. Well, she was on that panel we saw, and she was yeah. she was cool. No, she's, yeah. she's yeah. great. Um, now. And, <laughs> really? Additionally, as it comes to Thrun, the one thing I do want to at least forewarn anybody that wants to read the novel, and I would absolutely advise anybody read the novel, just don't expect it to actually be genuinely about Thrun. It's more about the side characters who are actually the main characters. Thrun's more of a side who kind of ties each of the characters together. He's the thing that draws them all together, but he's not what the books are actually about. Aside from getting some really interesting, fascinating glimpses at how his mind actually works. I really like the way that they depicted his thought analysis and the fact that his vision is even a bit unique. He can see in the infrared and what? The art. Yeah, and and the artwork as well. And so it kind of explains how he does what he does, but the book itself isn't about him. Still absolutely worth reading. Just know that going into it because I think the characters that they introduce through the novel are actually really good additions to the... I mean, Timothy Zahn does what Timothy Zahn does. He says, all right, you guys already know and love this character. Instead, I'm going to introduce you to some more people that you're going to totally love as well. But Thrawn is the Sherlock Holmes of Star Wars. He outthinks everybody, outplays everybody. He's ten steps ahead of everybody else. Palpatine's here. He thinks he knows everything. Thrawn already knows what he knows. Plus, he called out Palpatine saying that Luke, or Anakin Skywalker is his 
agent. You know, I, I actually haven't read that the minor spoiler. He knew Anakin before the novel. Yeah, I actually haven't read the Thrawn book yet, but you guys were mentioning artwork. I'm actually kind of curious about that because um, I've watched all of Rebels, and there was a, an episode where Thrawn uh, was they were going into somebody's office, and and he was actually able to look at very localized art and understand the import of it. And so I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I've read the original trilogy. It's honestly been about twenty years, but. Did you guys spoil something? Yes. You sons of clams. I tell you what, no spoilers. I'm going to cut out. I'm going to cut out. I'm going to cut out. I didn't even notice. I wasn't even paying attention. Oh, I know, right? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here's what we're going to do. Refocus. Refocus time. Um, we, we love Star Wars. We love Star Wars The Old Republic. But... The usual podcast talks about all things awesome in pop culture. So we're here in San Diego Comic-Con. That mic's really low, by the way. Um, we're here at San Diego Comic-Con. So I don't know if I don't know if I want to go around the table and ask what people did during the con. But what I really want to do is let's throw out a couple topics and let's talk about it. So in the beginning, people were saying Game of Thrones. How many of you have seen the Game of Thrones uh, season opener? Right. So there's a lot of Game of Thrones fans here. So I feel like if we want to talk about that, let's do that. Um, what other what other things can we talk about? And I'm gonna do a raffle while you think about it. Shall we? Begin? Yeah, let's talk about Archer as well because we went to the Archer panel yesterday, and I'm just gonna start with that. I was wearing a badass T-shirt earlier, and my T-shirt, holy crap! So we went to this panel. Uh, Will, Jesse, and myself, we went to this panel. We're watching, and we got we were in line for two hours in the sun. It was brutal. We got there, we got in, and it was amazing. I've tried, Will and I have tried to get into this panel at least three times. I've tried to get in with Will three times. I tried to get in with my brother on the fourth time. So the bottom line is we got in, the panel was amazing, and the shirt actually interacts with an app. Okay, so the new... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Jesse's going to grab the app. So uh, this is the T-shirt, and we actually have it here as a raffle prize. Let's go ahead and raffle it off. And we're going to raffle this off right now. So what it comes down to is Archer Dreamland was the last season. The next season is going to be – what's the next season? Oh, it had to do with uh, – Yeah, the islands. Yeah. So everybody's playing – I don't know how many of you watch Archer, but it's it's amazing. So – Yes. Archer is great. Yes. Archer's fantastic. Yeah. It's amazing. Elise, it's wonderful. You have won a thing. Focus on the camera. Okay. So focus on the screen. Okay, you took a thing. So we're okay. looking. Okay, wait, we're doing the Archer thing now. It's moving. So what it does is when you hover over. So let me do it again. When you hover over the shirt, like there's five or six animations, five animations that can happen when you do it. And um, that it's like they there's one where it looks like you're being shot. There's one where well, there's no, like whipped cream over your nipples. Shot. You're wearing a, a Brett name band. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Oh, here's the best oh, one. I love that one. Coochie, 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 coochie. <laughs> We're all rubbing Will's nipples right now. So that's it. Um, it's almost like uh, what was that stupid movie back in the day. I don't know. Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues. Okay, so... What was I saying? Oh, let's talk about Game of Thrones. Okay, Game of Thrones. Oh, we're wrapping this off. Okay, so for the Archer t-shirt, Redna has won the Archer t-shirt. Redna! Woo! I thought we were going to win. I'm a winner, baby. You won- oh, we did the thing, or at least you, you missed the thing. That's hacked. You missed the thing. So Elise has missed the thing, and here we are watching her face, being upset that she missed the thing. But it's fine. It's gonna be fine. We're moving on. Okay, let's talk. Okay, so I don't know how many Game of Thrones fans are. Uh, a lot of you are Game of Thrones fans. Let's talk about that. That first. Uh, let's talk about that first episode. Thoughts, concerns. I didn't think it was the best. I thought that puke scene was kind of like. Or not the puke scene, but the you know that montage. It, I mean, I can see how some people liked it, but I, it went like too long. I was like, oh, okay, cool, and then it just kept going. And then oh, um, at the end of the episode with Daenerys, it was just like, okay, is anyone going to talk? Is anyone going to talk? Is anyone going to talk? Yeah, see, I liked. I, I, I liked don't that know. They didn't talk. I really, I really wanted Tyrion to say something. He's trying to take the mic from me before he talks. I'm a big Arya Stark fan. 
I love. I read. I read the books, and that storyline with the faceless men is one of my favorite fracking things in the world. And that opening scene where homegirl's standing there, you know it's not him, and she's gonna kill all those people. I, I, I leaned over my wife and said, "She's killing all these fuckers. She's gonna kill them all. She's gonna kill every. She's poisoning all of them right now." And it was, it was absolutely perfect. I love that first scene. I love that scene too. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't watched it on HBO Go, and you can actually watch the uh, fuckers. There's a uh, on HBO Go. There's a couple of behind the scenes things you can watch, and uh, the producer came out and said that that scene actually was supposed to be halfway through the episode, but the actor who yep. you know played. Uh, uh, Filch in Harry Potter, and he plays Lord Frey. He played Arya as himself. Exactly. He he was so brilliant playing himself and Arya at the same time. That the glint in the eye. There were moments where you could see Arya glinting in his eye, like she literally was wearing his face. And they said it was on the strength of. They said it was on the strength of that performance that they made it the cold open. And I will just have to say the. I thought the not talking for five minutes was brilliantly directed, um, because it it was like it built up the tension. A little bit, and my two favorite lines from the entire episode are, of course, you know, tell them winter is winter came to house Frey, which is the first time they actually use winter in the past tense, which I think is very important um, because it's always winter is coming, winter is coming. This is past tense. Winter has come to house Frey, but also the shall we begin at the very end was the perfect little time way to just punctuate that five minutes of silence. And just to be slightly contrary, the fact that it was five minutes rather than two and a half made it it lingered and lingered and lingered it's like okay come on let's just get there and then the fact that they still couldn't do it as well as star wars and they actually had to say let's begin when they could have just left it with silence because luke skywalker is better than she is that's all i'm saying aria for the win though all the way I don't know. Well, there's the there's the meme with luke where he keeps saying did you find that investment are you gonna talk to me hello i lost that i mean like where did it come from are you ever gonna speak it's like where is the hand attached to it where is the hand i lost the hand attached to it you know stuff like that um exactly um so that was right but within that five minutes one my favorite little bit of of uh, blocking was when uh gray worm went to go protect her when she was walking up to the throne and uh what's her name um yeah the curls what? Misandre. Misandre. Yeah. Misandre says no, and just like it was just like a cool little bit of blocking. I thought it was cool. Oh, zombie White Walkers. Giant zombie White Walkers. I had no problem. Yeah, I had zombie no problem giant with the, uh, with the quiet, mostly because the music's playing. There's things happening, but it's the actors. The, the actors carried the the silence. I mean, you don't need to say things if you have the actors that you have, and that show. But Tyrion does. They, Okay. I, I cannot. Zombie giants. Zombie giants. We saw how the much zombie giant was badass, one giant right? did. Now you got zombie giants. Zombie They're giants gonna is fuck shit up. No, okay, but they, the thing is, is they. Okay, listen for a second. They specifically focused on the one giant. Was that the giant that died in the tunnel? They well, there were, but they. Yeah, no, there was quite quite a few, but they specifically zoomed in on the one. Was that the one that they killed in the, the tunnel? Wall. Yes. yes. That's why they focused on it. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Sorry, you're a little close. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, that was him. You're right. Because I was telling the wife the same thing. Yes, yes. Oh, okay, so you guys are talking about something. Same word. You, you guys are talking about stuff I know. So with Game of Thrones, I think there are so many different parallels that are going on. There is so many different fights that are going on. Yes, there is going to be zombie fucking giant white walkers, and they're going to suck. They're going to suck bad, and they're going to fucking tear down the wall. But, but, Actually, but, 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 John Snow. John Snow, you have to talk about the conversation between John Snow and Sansa. And those yes. two, that conversation between those two, it's them two trying to fight for, they, they, it's them two trying to fight for control of the North. Sansa thinks just because she knows she popped out the twat of the North, she is, in it's her, her spot. And, and, and then, and then we have Littlefinger. We have we have little we have Littlefinger up in there fingering that yeah, yeah. pot. Yeah. But and, and, so we we have that. Oh my god! Brilliant. And, and then Brilliant. we okay, but you have Jon Snow who doesn't who who does not just look at the North or South. It's not man versus man. It's not house versus house. It is looking. He's looking at look, dude. 
We ain't all going to survive this shit. If we don't get this shit together, figure out something and, and, and not figure it. Oh, and can we please talk about Liana fucking Mormont? Oh, yeah. The little fucking bear. <laughs> Because, oh, the little bear. Because, oh, because man. She was the best amazing. things come in small packages, and that's all I have bear. to say. So I am going to. Oh, wait. I'm going to camera and do me as well. Hey, what's yeah, up? Yeah, How you doing? Go. It's like yeah, the same it. thing I do my, when I make my videos. I will smack the goatee off your face. Boom. <laughs> um, so there was a couple things. I wanted to disagree with Heather for a second because that puke, whatever montage, I thought lasted just about the right length. It was like. It started to get, it was like kind of whatever about it in the beginning, and then it kind of got funny, and then like I think they cut it off perfectly at the right time, but whatever. Um, Daenerys' thing, the, the five minutes of silence, and then shall we begin? Fantastic. It's like it, it helped Agreed. to build up the suspense of just that one line, just that one moment. But uh, I want to talk about Sansa's hair when she was talking to Jon um, during that, that moment at Winterfell. Um, a lot of people pointed out online later was that uh, Sansa's hair was also a replication of Cersei's hair, like a hairstyle back in two thousand or back in season two. Oh, and, and how much she learned said the line that she learned from Cersei. Yeah, she learned from right. Cersei, and right. she uh, looked up to her or respected her, um, even as like an adversary or yeah, whatever Cersei's going to be. Is she going to be the new Cersei? That's I don't thing, think so. Right? I don't think. So. I mean, I don't know, dude. She's smart though. She's smart because she knew that John was going to make. Potentially a critical error in not giving up the castles. Okay, the the great thing about this thing. is last season ended with the Battle of the Bastards, and since that's happened, there's been a lot of talk about this being the Battle of the Bitches at the end of the season. With, oh, with no seriously, this is actually talked that's a lot an about. Amazing title. Hashtag Battle of the Bitches with Daenerys going against Cersei, but you cannot ignore that's Sansa. No, no but you cannot ignore Sansa in that. That I mean, it's gonna no, but I think her. Sh- her strength is going to grow yes, over the season. And, and if in that battle that everyone's before. anticipating between Daenerys and, and Cersei is really going to be Daenerys, Cersei, and and Sansa, especially once it comes to light. Who, and what Arya and the Mountain. What, uh, what it, when it comes to light, what, Ar- what Jon's true parentage is and where mm-hmm. will his allegiances lie in that battle. Now, really quick to interrupt, I want everybody to look at the camera and say welcome to Jon Skeen, who is watching. Jon Skeen! Jon Skeen! He's a, a, a long, a long time supporter, and we really wish he could be here. Hopefully, he can be here next year, John. And he's be, he's been feeding into chat on the uh, app as well. He has he been. So, so thank you very much. So, so, so the one John Skeen, real quick before Redna says words. Uh, John Skeen has been a long time, probably one of our earliest supporters of the show, and um, and Co-host. and he's filled in for Will enough times to where I feel like he's he's my boy, dude. And Thanks, so, gosh. thank you, Skeen, for everything that you do. And hopefully next year it's you, and uh, Matt's uh, flipping you off. So you're welcome. Yeah. So it was just it just happened. One scene we haven't actually addressed yet that I did (laughs) want to bring. One scene that I did want to bring up uh, that we haven't brought up yet is actually the second scene with Arya, which I absolutely loved. And I have since oh, heard. Oh, yes. oh, I guess this, there's some musician that's involved, and I don't know who he is because. No, no, I was like, I was like, oh my god, that's Ed Sheeran, and he was like, who's Ed Sheeran? Yes, because I don't know who the guy is, but I did think it was totally appropriate. Anybody that reads fantasy in general, you need the fireside scene where you walk across. And you, and he didn't. He, he wasn't singing in perfect key. He wasn't nailing it. He was actually someone sitting by a. He was sitting by a fireside singing a good fireside song. I thought he nailed it. Okay, really quick. So I don't know anything about the man, but otherwise, the rest of the scene. I wanted to say this is. I love the fact that we also got to see Arya. Got to see the heart and the humanity between behind the individuals that end up being a part of Lannister forces. Okay. I've got two points here. I have two points here. One about this scene, which is great, is Arya's vendetta, you know, her list, has only come out while she's trying to sleep or when she's faceless, okay? This is the first time she's her own face looking at guards saying, I'm going to kill the queen. Yes, they laugh in response, but I think it's a big step in Arya coming into her own. Okay. Which I totally agree. Okay. The other thing I love is can we f- please talk about the hound's vision in the fire? Okay. And his humanity. Before, before we move there, because then Marshall wants to speak too. No, no. I, I wanted want to get Devin the mic because he made a good point off the mic and I wanted to make sure he got on the mic. 
Well, I just want to bring up the point. Okay, okay, calm down, guys. No, I just want to bring up the point. There's a significance to the song that he was singing. Um, it goes to a book character. I forgot the name of the character. But um, the character used that song to taunt Tyrion. Um, and the song was about Shay. Because he found out oh, that's right. Shay significant to him. So that, that's what the song is about. He found, yeah, he found out Shay was, the whole thing was a setup. Right. The, the, the whole thing was his dad actually buying this whore for him to like do this whole thing. So, it, yeah, I'm to with keep you. Him that was that's, under that's a thumb, good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Go ahead. Uh, so, so the only thing that I did like beyond that, because I think that what got lost in the fact that I guess there was a musician that got to be I guess there was a musician that got to be on the show. I think what got lost in that was the fact that. Arya is exposed to the humanity, these tender moments, very real moments about sisters and family and children that the average person who happens to be in the army, these are their loves, their concerns, their passions. And I'm very curious to see what comes in the next episode or maybe two or three episodes out. But does Arya change? Okay, first of all, a lot of people think, okay, she's now going to slaughter all of them. And, but to me, oh, it she's seems like kill she actually... Well, no, I'm very excited about it. She's an assassin. She's, she's trained. She's got to take out the mountain, too. Mountain's she's a faceless man, dude. They're but, assassins. It's an yeah, assassin's they're, guild. But they're they are. Assassins. And yeah, also, more importantly... She has a list. Do you remember a the difference? list? They're yes, not on I know. her list. There's a difference between she's what the writers of the TV show are doing and what George R. R. Martin has done in general. And George R. R. Martin creates characters that are constantly changing, and half the time you love them, and half the time you hate them. They have launched Arya as an assassin. Are the writers able to embrace the ability for her character to still change, grow, and develop? Or will she only be an assassin? Real quick, did she... She said at the end that she is going after... Uh, she's going to the Red Keep, correct? After, yeah, and yeah she's, go, she's killing the queen. They're on her list. She's going to fulfill her list finally. The queen of the mountain? Fine. What about the others that are sitting there? She's going to kill all of them. She's an assassin. No, no, no. no. See, she's okay. going to kill everybody on her list. Okay. I, I, have a, I, have a quick, I have a quick comment on what you said. I have a quick comment on what you, what you said about uh, the, the list. That one you have to have closer. Okay. So with the list... There has been so much public fanfare behind Arya, and even her mistaken quotas of, 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 of death. They they are they are enough to, to where people are going to be completely. They're not going to be turned off on the character if she fulfills her list, as long as she sticks to whatever ethical quota that she sticks to. If it's a list, even if, dude, I'm not saying that she's going to go and kill everybody. I please hope, pray. And I will have a wet dream over having her kill every last one of them. Every last one of them in a very brutal and very, very public display. <laughs> but but those are that's what Arya does. That's what Arya does. Yeah. Arya Arya has trained with some of the best. With the best assassins. Yeah. She got stabbed by she got double prison shanked a couple times by a couple of them. The mad boys too. To the best. And then she came back and said, Okay, look. I could I cannot do this anymore, or I can just take it a little bit further and go back and do my list. And and when she said, "I am Arya Stark of House Winterfell, I'm Starks of the North," and then fucking North remembers, <laughs> that's when you knew everybody on that list except for the Hound. The Hound is going to be the only person. The North don't play. play. She's going to have to deal with the no, Hound. No, no, no. She's she's gonna, you know why she's not going to deal with the Hound? I will tell you. Because he is the one. She left him for dead. And because he didn't die, she's going to just... Right, it, it's right. one of those extra names. No, it's because there's going to be a game bowl and the Mountain's going to take him out first. I hear what everybody's saying. But I've heard a theory about Arya that really changed my mind towards it. That this was this episode was the first episode that we've seen a different side of any Lannister army. Usually they're just total jerks. They just want to kill anybody on the side of the road. They'd be just jerks to everybody. But how kind-hearted they were and how um, accepting they were of Arya. The theory is that she's gonna take up. She's gonna kill people on her list by using these guys as being the Lady Stoneheart character. <gasps> oh, that's a theory. That's and and when when, when, when I heard the back though of, of what they were saying um, and breaking down the episode, I could kind of see it. Yeah, okay. I kind of see how how nice they were. 
they change their mind about a lot of things. Okay. The only way that's going to happen is well, everyone knows. Yes. Because uh, they never brought Catherine back. Jack and Hagar is actually a serial. Her original water dancer trainer is actually Jack and Hagar. That's why took exception to her and has watched over this entire time. Because that was her original one. Yeah, answer. I know. I don't know. Or it's Ned Stark. some of the really crazy theories. I'm not, let's not get crazy. Okay. That Ned Stark said a prayer and became pigeons in the wind. So as much as I love the Game of Thrones now, okay? Let's, let's, let, yeah, you won the raffle. Go get a thing. Not the line. Uh, let's. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, so here's what we're gonna do. Uh, I. What else do we need to talk about? Do we need to talk about? Let's talk about the TV shows. No, the counterfeit things. The counterfeit. The one that's counterfeit. All eight. Great. Well, somebody made that. Tell us. Counterfeit. Thousand. She's crazy. You said that I would be the one. No. What? <laughs> yeah, so there are people who have been waiting in line since yesterday to have legitimate wristbands that didn't get in because there was, I, they, I think they said that 2,000 people were trying to get in from yesterday couldn't get in today, but there was like 500 um, counterfeit wristbands. And the, the funny thing is, is that the way that the con is fixing this is those people that couldn't get in, they're giving full 40 passes for next, for next year, which is great. But, but they missed the panels it, that they stood live. No, 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 no. But how is that going to screw up the RSG for next year? Take it really That's a good point. So, oh, I think they just got to give some extra passes. But, um, all right, kids. So, what else do we have? We have movies. We have TV. Uh, uh, there was a new Ready Player One trailer. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Ready Player One. There was a... Uh, we could, we could, but it, I don't think it'd be hard to hear. But... There were some new trailers that were released this week. Defenders. The Defenders. We also have um, some movies that have come out recently. So, wait, wait, wait. is there anything anybody wants to talk about before we get out of here? Ready Player One. Yeah. I love Ready Player One. I love the audiobook, but I will be, you know, he's, he's part of us. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And Ready Player One was Yeah, I teach that novel. It's great. What if the movie sucks? Because I don't want to see, I don't want to see all eyes on me because I know Shock G. Me and Shock G are friends. Uh, let me just tell you. So it's, and I don't want to see my friend on, uh, on the movie. Spielberg is not going to direct a movie he thinks going to suck. First of all, if the script isn't right, I mean, come on. No, no, no. But I'm just gonna tell you, they they have to come up with a they have to come up with a younger cast. And Ready Player One, they can go a lot of different ways with it, but they got to It's all about the characters in that book are what's important. Artemis and Parsons. Artemis and Parsons. Did you watch the trailer? I didn't see it. Artemis wasn't in the trailer. It was all about Parsons. But how do you make those worlds work? How do you make those worlds work? I mean, if you sit there and you read the book and you go through all the worlds they talk about in the book, you know, you go to Azeroth, you go to a Star Trek world, you know what I mean? How are they going to make that work without getting the licensing for everything? I have no idea. I'm very excited about it. I'm glad it's actually a trailer about it. This is Spielberg. This isn't some. But he's not going to attach his name to something. Express and ET, and he's not, and and there was a lot of, and what I found interesting about this film, you can keep that. What I found really interesting about this film, uh, coming up to it, because my students always ask, because I teach them all, they always ask, they say, hey, is there going to be a movie about this? And I was like, oh, I think it's 2017. Well, it's going to be 2018. But what I found really interesting about it is the fact that they are Spielberg is not going to do this movie. Right? He's just not going to do this movie if it's not right. He's not going to attach his name to this. And he must also like the content. He must also like the book. The book is absolutely brilliant. The kids love it. Like, every year I teach it, some of my kids come up to me and they say, this is the first novel I actually read. I actually read this, Mr. Thank you, thank you for reading a book finally for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, 
Although, so like, but it's important. You know, I think that's really important. Although I would like to say they shouldn't have read it. They should have gone to audibletrial.com slash mutual podcast. We got it for free for 30 days for trial. Oh, no. I, I pitched that to them. Wow. Great. Wow. Do you think, though, that Spielberg can get anorex trials right? Do you think Spielberg understands where anorex is coming from? I have no idea, dude. No idea, but I can't wait. We can't wait to find out. Uh, yes. I'm actually going to say you like Spider-Man. <laughs> I, I love Spider-Man. Spider I, 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 I haven't seen Homecoming. Yeah, I thought it was very well. It was awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do one more raffle and I'm probably going to close out the show. Uh, we're going for another two hours. No. Because we got to say fuck Chuck and Brian again. Yep, yep. That's it. We're going to do one more raffle. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, um, I want to thank every single one of you that came out tonight. This always deteriorates quickly at the end. Thank you, Alpha. But yeah, thanks to the Sugar Brewing Company for giving us a beer. Don't take my beer. So, so which one is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, our usual tonight, what, what's everybody drinking? What are we drinking? Amber Seeds. Amber Ideas. What? Oh no no, this is all milk stuff. This is all milk stuff. All right. So, the free beverage. I have something sentimental to say. Regina, I told you, it's so low. There's no way. Oh, it's low. Regina. Okay. So, the one thing I want to put out to all of you is I want to thank. I'm going to get sentimental like that. So, the main thing here is this, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to our bullshit, to be honest with you. To listen to me and my and my friend of 18 years talk about the shit that we love. And the fact that you guys listen and that we game together and that you podcast and that you do the things that you do, I can't tell you how much that means to me, okay? The fact that we have, we're fucking wearing t-shirts right now, okay? That are advertising this awesome event that we do oh my God, apparently for the second year. <laughs> I just I, actually I, usual the Pasquale Trapped no. Cantina. Pasquale usual Carillion Trapped Cantina. There Thank we go. For one Thank you, Steve, <laughs> for saying fucked because it's so much easier. Um, he used royalties, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You all, we'll work it out. Uh, I, I I appreciate you all so much. Some of you, Elise, I met for the first time. And your awesome husband, I met for the first time tonight. Um, you guys that I've Devin. seen for the first time, Devin finally made it. High five, bro. Devin! Devin! I finally have the only black person guy that has a character podcast. named after his real name. Um, I've been the only black guy for so long. So, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the usual podcast. This is Pucked 2017. Uh, you can find us on all the places. What do I usually say? You can find us on the, uh, you know, Twitch, YouTube. We, we stream Twitter, usually Patreon. on Thursdays. Patreon.com slash usual podcast. If you give us a buck or two an episode, we will literally give you socks. Everybody here is going to leave with a thing. Um, and so thank you all so, Not so very much. Wanted. Make sure you have a fun. Yeah. And I want to say it's true. Thank you all. Will, you too, regardless of what your co-host has been saying. Right? Right? Yeah, well. Pucked 2, 2017. <laughs> Have a fun, y'all. Check out. 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 Check